back to another episode of Diplomas and Doubts. I'm Claire. And I'm Beatrice. This week, we welcomed my good friend, Sophia. Um, we graduated from Loyola together, and her story post-grad is interesting because um, she was promised a job um, with a family friend, and that fell through, and she actually started one job and left two weeks into it because she was offered another job. So um, she talks a lot about that process and, um, you know, her being nervous about leaving a bad impression and, um, you know, having to quit this job that she's barely starting. But eventually, you know, she got this job that's, that she's really happy at and she's learning a lot. Um, so here's our conversation with Sophia. So I guess we should just get started. Um, Talk to us about where you graduated from, what you studied, what you were involved in at school, all that stuff. Uh, so I went to Loyola University, Chicago. I got a BA in advertising and public relations. As far as like extracurriculars, I wasn't really a part of anything. Um, like I wasn't super involved on campus. I joined Chi Omega my sophomore year, which was great because it was just a great way to make friends and, you know, have lifelong connections in that sense. Um, and then I also did Rambler Sports Locker for like a hot second, um, which was fun. And it was exciting to get to see a, like the journalistic aspect of media. And so that was interesting. I realized that being a news anchor is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> so with that being said, I just um, decided not to continue with it. But otherwise, it was like, you know, a good experience. Um, did you always know that you wanted to be in ad PR? Nope. <laughs> I, came, <laughs> I came in with a psych major, but I only declared psych because I felt like I had to declare a major. I didn't want to come in undecided, even though I was so undecided. Like, I did all of my gen ed first uh, and second year of college. I didn't take any, like, major courses or anything like that because I just had no idea what I wanted to do, um, which was very scary for me just because I – I, not that I always had my life planned out for me, but it kind of felt that way, like, looking back on it. So, just, uh, yeah, I, I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. And honestly, I still don't know if ad PR is something I want to do. How did you decide to declare ad PR? Um, trying to think. Uh, I feel like th there was, like, supposed to be, like, this aha moment, but there honestly wasn't. I was, like... You know, I like, you know, I'm somebody that is a constant consumer of media, like we all are. And so I thought, you know, maybe working on like a social media platform could be fun because there must be like a lot of perks or like it would be a very social, um, I guess, work field. So I wanted to, I just figured I'd give it a shot. I knew I had to pick something and it seemed the most interesting to me at that time because I'm not good at math. Um, I don't know anything about science. I cannot be a doctor because I'm scared <laughs> of blood, needles, and all that. And, like, um, 
yeah <laughs> process of elimination then that's good that's one way to do yeah, it yeah pretty much <laughs> I was like what am I gonna do with my life and so I figured you know advertising in public relations was I get it was also like not later on when I thought about it it was a really good way to you know put positive messages out in the world I think right now is a time where like the political climate is just so uneasy everybody's you know kind of on edge and I think that not that it's brand responsibility to I guess be creating a positive atmosphere in the world but I think that it's would be almost selfish and unfair if huge brands that have a lot of influence in the world don't take the time to put out a positive message. So I think that choosing ad PR was the best way to be a contributing factor in that whole process. That's cool. That's cool. Um, did you take, did you have any internships during school? I did. Um, I had two. I know a lot of people have more. Um, but like I said, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, oh, do I have to try that hard? Um, <laughs> My first internship was with Modern Luxury, and I was an events intern, and it just, I don't, I don't want to bash the brand, because the brand as a whole is great, I'm all about weddings, and you know, <laughs> all that stuff, but um, it just like was not fun, because I had to go around the city to all these events, and just kind of be somebody's, you know what, which is fine, because I think you have to start somewhere especially in publishing you have to start somewhere and I originally thought I wanted to go into publishing like working at like a teen vogue or even you know vogue was something that I was like hey I think this is something I would love to do I love fashion but you know I just I was like I cannot start at this totem pole like level because it just I would follow around a photographer and get people's names and I had to make sure I spelled people's names right and like some people so like these events were like the who for the who's who of Chicago and obviously like I don't know who they are because if you're the who's who of Chicago then you must not be the who's who of the world <laughs> but like um people would get upset with me when I didn't know who they were and it would be like their event and I'm just like oh that's annoying I'm like I'm, like, 20 years old. Yeah. <laughs> the only person I follow on social media is Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> like, so if you're Beyonce, I'm going to know who you are. Um, but, yeah, so I did that, and, like, I would put together goodie bags. I would, like, direct people, like, at the event. So it was really, like, minimal stuff. Like, it was never in office, which was nice because sometimes I am the fidgetiest. That's not even a word. Is that a word? No, it's fidgetiest. not. Um, fidgetiest. I'm the most fidgety person ever, like just sitting at a desk 24 seven. Like I can't do it. So it was nice to be able to like walk around and stuff, but like I couldn't eat any of the food and like I couldn't really, but then that makes sense. Anyways, uh, it was like a good way to start off and just be introduced to like oh this is what an internship is obviously not all internships are gonna be the same but I think it was a great introduction 
to it. And then uh, my second internship was with Denemeyer, which was an IP services firm. I didn't know anything about intellectual property. I don't know anything about the law and intellectual property. Uh, but they had a marketing internship open and it was paid. And I was like, that's so right up my alley because money is a necessity <laughs> in life. I don't care what anyone tells you. It's the truth. Um, but it was really great because I was the only intern. So I was really hands-on and I was doing a lot of different things, which was really nice. Um, I was introduced to marketing automation tools. I got to, you know, work on stuff for conferences within the IP world. Um, I worked on Excel spreadsheets a lot, which was nice to become familiar to Excel because I actually work with Excel spreadsheets every single day at my current job. So it was really great. Um, my boss was actually, um, I want, I'm trying to think, she was kind of the mentor for all the Chi Omegas at Loyola because she was a Chi Omega. So it was um, great to have that in common. And also she was just completely, just 100% awesome. Like, she was just so great. Um, so I really enjoyed that internship. It was supposed to be for a semester, but it ended up being for the entire senior year, which was great because I didn't have to go out and search for something new. I could just add more responsibilities onto my plate and just become really invested and put out good work. Cool. So, yeah. Um, so how did you feel at graduation? Kind of what was your mindset? Did you, were you already looking for jobs? Like what was kind of your, your vibe? So graduation was just like a whole mixed bag of emotions. Um, <laughs> I'm like looking, I'm thinking back on it and I'm like, why? <laughs> so this is kind of a long story, but I'll, like, shorten it down for you guys. Okay. Um, I was promised a job so in, like, mid-March by a family friend. And this is why contracts and things being written in person are important because I was just, like, Anyways, I fell for it. Whatever. Not that I fell for it. It wasn't like a scam because it worked out later. But the point is, is that here I am thinking that I have this job. I'm all set. So, of course, I'm excited for graduation because I'm just ready for something new at this point. After, like, four years of the same, you're ready. But at the same time, it's a very scary thought to think that, like, hey, I'm not going to be within a mile radius of all of my friends. I'm not going to be as independent as I previously thought I was. Because once you leave college, it's like, you're broke. You don't have, like, you know what I mean? Unless you get a job right away. But I, my job wasn't starting. So I was broke and I was living at home. Like, this is not what I was promised when I left for college. You know, like, when you leave for college, you expect to be, like, I don't know, at a stable job and financially stable. And then at, all of a sudden I wasn't. And I just remember, like, graduation day I was so excited and then I crossed the stage I got my diploma I was like this is awesome like I worked four years for this but it was super underwhelming like it was a super underwhelming process and so here I was with this diploma and then it all kind of hit me I was like I actually don't know if I have a job for sure 
All of my friends are leaving. I'm moving back home with my parents once my lease ends. This sucks. Yeah. And so it was like the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows. So, I mean, it's just, I feel like everyone is like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to graduate. And I'm like, wait till you have a nine to five job and you, (laughs) you don't get a summer break. Yeah. And you miss like, you know, sleeping in and like skipping classes because you can. Right. And it's like, you got to be like smart about when you call in sick, <laughs> like what days you take off. Like you have to be really, really smart about all these things and you have to be strategic. So I mean, I've, for all the people listening that are, you know, just waiting for graduation, just, I mean, be excited when it happens, but don't be in a hurry, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree because looking back now, like senioritis hit me hard at the end of the school year because I was just so excited to do something new and become an adult. But now looking back, I wish I had just taken my time and just done my own thing and just, you know, gone to all like the senior events and hung out with all my Mm -hmm. friends as much as possible because it's like totally different. It goes by so quickly. And then you think about maybe all the little petty fights you had with your friends. And and it's like, why was I fighting with you when we could have just been having, like, a good time? Mm-hmm. I get, you know, that's what I think about, too. Just because you, it's, like, crazy because I think about when I was little, like, seven, eight years old. And all I wanted to do was be a teenager. I just wanted to grow up so quickly. And then... All of that time flies by, and you're like, where did the time go? Like, what, can we hit rewind? Can <laughs> I go back to, like, kindergarten or something? So, yeah, uh, it's like, it's a, again, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, I think. Mm-hmm. Because it's a huge accomplishment, but at the same time, it's almost like shedding a layer of skin. Like, you're leaving behind some of your adolescence, I think. I, I still think I'm an adolescent <laughs> in some ways, but it's, yeah. Um, okay, so graduation passes, and it's summer, What and you're already moved back with your parents at this point. Um, what kind of jobs are you looking for? Um, do you land any interviews or anything? Wait, no, I'm confused. I'm sorry. Wait, what? No, this, I have a question. So okay, you go for said it. that you thought you had a job, but then how did that sort of fall apart? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> not naming any names. Please don't because... name any names. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a family friend who is pretty high up in advertising. And so I was like, this is great. Like, I don't really have to worry about, you know, finding a good job. And so I was promised a position um, out where she was, and I was so excited because I've only ever lived in Chicago, so this was just a great way to start a new chapter. And so I kind of spent all summer just kind of waiting for her to hit me up and be like, hey, we're ready for you. And so I reached out to her, I think, end of May and she was like 
you know, we're still waiting on getting more clients because when we get more clients, more positions will show open up. So you should apply to other positions. And I'm like, okay, well, this sounds not as promising as it was in the beginning. So I'm applying to all these other positions, but I have my heart set on this one because it seems so set in stone, but also it's in an area that I would love to live in. The position was in Miami. And so I was like, you know, so excited about just starting a new life out there and just being in warm weather all the time. (laughs) Um, And so then I reached out to her again in July and I never heard back. And that was like a huge blow to just my self-esteem, my work ethic. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, because I, you know, people had been spending a lot of time looking for jobs since before they graduated. And I hadn't because I decided to take someone's word for it and it didn't work out. So, um, but in the end it worked out. But anyways, so I started applying to a couple positions and I only got interviews at two places. And the first place was my original job that I left for my current job so that was the second interview otherwise I only had two interviews does that make sense yeah yeah so no yeah so like I already know the story but talk a little bit about that whole process so you interviewed for two jobs like eventually but that first job was at Univision right in Chicago yes And then talk a little bit about that process and what happened. So my mom used to work at Univision. And so we have a lot of family friends that work there, people that still work there that worked with my mom. Like, so it, it kind of made sense to apply there. I was really reluctant to apply there just because, you know, as a Latina, I think it's super important to have a Hispanic presence in media. But I thought that being a Latina in maybe like a more, I get not in the, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. I just didn't want to be another Latina in the Latino market. So I was really reluctant to apply there, but I did. I got an interview and then I got hired. Uh, I think it was two rounds of interviews. Yeah, I came in for the first one and I only interviewed with one person. And then the second round of interviews, I interviewed with, I want to say, an account executive, one of the account planners, and then the three women that I would be working closely with. And, you know, they were all just incredibly kind and intelligent people, but they were all a lot older than me, except for, um, I want to say, three of the girls that worked there. Otherwise, everybody was married with kids, and I was just like, this wasn't really how I imagined my first media job because I see places like Leo Burnett and Starcom and Spark and it just seems like such a young hip place to work even though there are people that are married with children or just married and so I thought so I I, you know it wasn't what I originally wanted but then I was like you know I don't really have time to be picky it's not like I have the CEO of Publicist Media knocking at my door. Like, (laughs) nobody's calling me back. 
So I was like, I might as well just take this job. And so I took the job. And then, uh, you know, I decided, why not reach out to this woman that had originally promised me a job? So I told her that I applied to all these positions. And one of them was a media associate position at Starcom here in Chicago. And she was like, that's great that you're applying. I'm going to send your resume over to one of my best friends who works at Starcom. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And I'm thinking, you know, this is an account planner. Like, I don't know, somebody like mid-tier in the hierarchy. But she sent it to the president of Starcom and the head of the multicultural division. And I was like, oh, okay. Because, um, you know, she put us in an email chain. And so I decided I'm going to look this woman up, just see who she is. And I'm like, whoa, she's she's a pretty big deal. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I didn't really think much would come out of it. But within, like, three days of her sending out that email to her contact at Starcom, I was approached and they asked me to come and interview so we had a phone interview, and then I came in for a round of interviews with four different people at four different levels at Starcom, and it was really great. It was very intimidating just because Starcom is such a giant in media, and honestly, I didn't think anything would come of it, and a week later, I was offered a position. So here I am at a job that's already pretty great. I mean, Univision is a giant in the Hispanic market. Like, everybody knows who Univision is. Like, that's just something I grew up watching, like, as a child. Because my grandparents would watch it. My mom would watch it. Like, our family friends would watch it. Like, everybody that speaks Spanish knows what Univision is. Because it's probably, I would say, the highest performing, like, outlet in media for, you know, Spanish speakers. And so I was kind of posed with this problem, like, I either stay at Univision and turn down a job that I only somebody in advertising could dream of because to start off at a place like Starcom, it's, it's such a big deal. And so I decided that, you know, two weeks was enough to determine if Univision was the right fit for me. And honestly, it wasn't just what I was doing. Nothing, nothing that I was doing at Univision was the right fit for me. It was a lot of um, I'm trying to think, planning out television packages and spreadsheets, even though I'm working with spreadsheets now, so it's kind of contradictory, but the point is, is that I knew I wasn't going to be happy here, and that I should go somewhere I was going to be happy, even if it meant I could be potentially burning a bridge, um, so obviously Beatrice, you know, because I had many restless, sleepless nights over this, because I didn't want to leave a bad impression because the people were so kind and they're somebody I may end up working with in the future just because Univision and Starcom and Spark, they all work together um, depending on the clients that they all have. And so, you know, I actually ended up reaching out to um, my old boss from my second internship at the IP services firm and I was like, look, I have this situation I don't want to have to burn a bridge with Univision but I know I want to leave and she helped me kind of phrase what to say how to say it that way I don't have to burn a bridge because in the end she made a really good point was like 
you don't have to give them all the information. All you have to do is say, look, I've been here long enough. I know this isn't the right fit for me. And it would be unfair for all of you to waste your resources and energy on me, like only for me to leave six months from now, knowing this isn't the right fit for me. And they were actually really appreciative that I did that. And I waited a little bit before I changed um, my, uh, I guess, like position on LinkedIn and on Facebook because I felt, I felt really bad because I had gotten to know all the people that I worked with there. And they, again, they were just incredibly kind. And, but I knew that Starcom was the better fit for me since there was so much room to grow. And what's so great about the position that I have now is that every year, year and a half, I'm able to switch to a new team, to a new position, so I can learn more about media. And it's just like this ever-growing ladder, I guess, of knowledge, <laughs> you could say. Um, sorry, that was super long and very detailed. But in the end, the woman that promised me a job ended up helping me get a job, so... Oh, okay. okay. It worked. Now now I get it. Yeah, I'm sorry. That was so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm li- I was really trying to cut it down because I cut out a bunch of panic attacks. Like, I would text Beatrice and be like, I can't do this. Like, I can't quit my job. Like, I've never quit a job before. And she's just like, you just got to pull the trigger, dude. You just got to do it. I remember getting those texts. Um... And I could tell how stressed out you were about the situation. Um, and I tried to, like, keep you motivated and be like, it's okay. Like, they'll understand. But, like, if I was in that position, I, I would totally get it. Like, I would be so stressed out. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, you don't want to disappoint anyone. Yeah. And you also don't want to look like a butthole, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you just want to look. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. You can. You're more than welcome to. You can to. definitely swear. <laughs> I didn't want to look like an asshole. <laughs> so I was just so concerned. I'm also like such a people pleaser that this was just the worst position to put me in because I was like, I felt like I was letting so many people down. But then in the end, I was like, it was only two weeks in and they really hadn't started training me until like two days before I quit. So, I mean, in the end, I feel like I was also kind of doing myself and them a favor, mm-hmm. but. It is what it is. You can't dwell on it. You can only move forward and just work hard, you know. It yeah. really seems like you made a, a good decision. Obviously, I'm sure it was so difficult at the time. Can you tell us about what you're doing at Starcom now? Yeah. So I'm currently a – so the position that you like I applied for is media associate, but what I'm actually doing is – I work on the digital investment team for Lowe's, the hardware store. Oh, cool. So Lowe's is one of our clients at Starcom. And so at digital investment, I am doing a lot of programmatic, which is essentially setting up a quarterly campaign on a programmatic platform and just putting together. Basically, what I'm doing is buying ad space on the internet to put Lowe's advertising out there and I have to make sure that every space that I buy is viewable that somebody that I want to see is seeing it 
which is super interesting and programmatic is something very new to media. Well, it's not, I'm trying to think how new it is. Maybe it's not as new. Well, it's new to me. Um, and it's just, uh, a lot of companies are doing it now. So you're bidding against a lot of people right now for ad space on the internet. Um, but honestly, it's been so interesting to learn all of this. I've never been like a very tech savvy kind of person or like good with software. Never been that kind of person. The most I'll do is like a Word doc (laughs) and a PowerPoint. Um, but so it's been so interesting to learn about all of this and just get a better idea of like, this is what I want to do. And then, um, I'm trying to think of what else, because there's so many different components to the job, um, but that is probably what I would do on a day-to-day basis. That's cool. So you like this, like you're super happy with your decision and stuff, you're enjoying your time there? Yes, I honestly, I really like my job, and I think the perks of just being able to learn and know that like, you know, if I'm say like in a few months I'm just kind of not feeling this position the great thing is that I don't have to leave Starcom I can request to move to a different team um, and work on a different client and so eventually I'd love to go into strategy uh, and work on a different client but right now I'm very content where I am and I think that with a company like Starcom, there's only room to grow. Like, I can't go backwards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How many months have you been in this position? So I started at the end of October, like oh, last okay. week of October. So it's been like... Six months? Are we in April? We are in April. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I guess, yeah, six months. That's a long time. Does it feel um, like six months? Honestly, no, because sometimes, like, I'll be in a meeting, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) So I still feel very new in that sense, and it was so frustrating in the beginning because I'm the kind of person that does not like to feel incompetent at any job, and so in the beginning, it was just so hard because I didn't – this is not something I could pick up on, like, super fast. It was just something that was going to take a little bit of time, but it was – something that could only be taught hands-on and so I sometimes I do feel very new in the sense like when we go over stuff but otherwise I'm you know like it's been just an interesting experience and at least I'm not like super bored at a nine-to-five job because I know a lot of people are like oh I'm not looking forward to nine-to-five like it's gonna be super boring I'm gonna be tied to my desk and there are days where I'm tied to my desk but you know it's I I wouldn't have it any other way because I'm gaining so much from the experience Mm -hmm. that's great yeah so to close it off Sophia uh, we have one last question for you Um, what advice would you give yourself or anyone um, if they're, you know, about to graduate, if you could go back to graduation, what advice would you give yourself? This is going to be so cheesy, but I, my biggest advice would be it's all going to be okay. Like everything works out the way it's meant to work out. Mm -hmm. 
I think that people a lot of the times feel like they can control their destiny and it's like, yeah, you can to some extent, but things are going to happen the way they're meant to happen. And I think the best you can do is just do your best. So if you're somebody that needs to start looking ahead of time for jobs, you know, go start those job applications, like send out your resume, reach out to people, make connections, go to networking events. Like that's great. And I think that that's a great way to get a head start. But if you're somebody that wants to take time after graduation to kind of let all of this sink in, honestly, I wish I spent more time traveling and just enjoying life before I started a nine to five job because it's so hard to do all the things that you're so used to doing as a kid now that you're an adult. Obviously, since being a kid and an adult are super different, but you know, like if you want to take the time and travel the world, do it because when are you ever going to have like a few months where you're just completely free? Not till you're retired, which won't be till you're 65, so that's you got a long way to go. Um so at the end, I think it's super important not to stress. Um which I think is easier said than done, but when you're stressed out, you're not thinking clearly. And when you're not thinking clearly, you're going to make poor decisions that reflect badly on you and on maybe other people. But also, you don't want to put yourself in a position that it's going to be hard to get yourself out of. So I think taking a minute to figure out what it is that you want, but also to tell yourself that it's all going to work out, I think that's super important. For sure. That's good advice. Well, Sophia, thank you for joining us. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) This was great. Thank you, Sophia. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me. That was a great conversation with Sophia. Um, I'm very happy that she's finally at a job that she really enjoys and she's learning a lot. yeah, I don't know. I'm really happy for her. She's she's a great person. She's a really good friend. Me too. And her advice at the end, she's right. Everybody, it's all going to be okay. For sure. And we've come to that time in the episode where it's time to announce our sponsor. <laughs> this episode of Diplomas and Doubts is brought to you by attending shows alone. Yep. Beatrice, have you attended any shows alone recently? As a matter of fact, I have. I just went to a show by myself this past Friday, I went to the Haim concert in Las Vegas. If you don't know Haim, um, do you live under a rock? They are amazing. Iconic sisters. Yes, it's a band of three sisters and they're amazing, iconic. I love them. They just opened for Beyonce at Coachella yesterday. So they're like, they're a big deal. Um, so yeah, I went alone. Um, I've been to concerts alone in the past. Um, I haven't done it in a while, but it was a great time. Have you gone to any shows recently by yourself? I've honestly gone to too many shows by myself. <laughs> I saw Hamilton. Yes. Amazing. I saw Camila Cabello. Well, nothing compares to Hamilton, but that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw poet Andrea Gibson on Friday. Next week I'm seeing Cam, the country singer, for the second time alone. You guys, party of one, okay? Party of one. <laughs> Um, Beatrice, how did that um, solo concert adventure end for you? Well, (laughs) um, please. I went alone, obviously, and um, 
you know, I was standing there. It was after the opening act ended. I was standing alone. I noticed a man standing alone as well next to me. <laughs> and you know what? I just decided to say hey, to ask if he was alone too. He was just scrolling on his phone as, you know, us millennials do. And I just decided to go for it. You know, you only live once, as the kids say. Wow. And um, we had a great conversation. Um, and at the end of the concert, I got his number. So that happened. We are rebranding diplomas, doubts, and dating, <laughs> y'all. That's our rebrand. <laughs> Listen, I don't even know if this is a date. We're going to get coffee later. We're just going to hang out. I don't know if I'll wow, keep you guys, you guys updated. It's just, you know, you guys we're hanging tune in out. for a convo. It'll, you guys tune Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. That's well, that's that's what happened at the end of the concert. I got a dude's number and we're getting coffee. So basically it turned into a fairy tale. That's incredible. I mean, sure. <laughs> Let me well, I have a more depressing story for everybody. <laughs> Now that we just shared the good news about Beatrice getting a boy's phone number at her concert, <laughs> let me tell y'all, I went to a sit-down restaurant alone for the first time. I deserved barbecue, okay? It had been a long work week for me, mm -hmm. and I still had to work the next day, which was Saturday, so like, I was ready, you guys. I was like, I just need barbecue right now, so I went to this sit-down restaurant. It was the first time I got into a sit-down restaurant by myself. So I'm sitting there, I'm standing there, and... The hostess, she says, how many? And she makes eye contact with the man standing behind me. She looks right over my head. It's like, excuse me, ma'am, just me. And then a minute later, the other host comes out and he says, Claire, party of one? Oh I was my like, sir, God. you did not need to specify party of one. Claire alone implies party of one. Okay, thank you, sir. And then y'all, this is the real kicker, okay? They sat me at a table for four. Damn. Moment of silence. <laughs> Listen, in the end, it didn't matter because I ate brisket and mashed potatoes and gravy and mac and cheese, and it was all delicious. Wow. And it was worth every penny. And would do again a thousand okay. times over. Honestly, next time they can seat me at a table for eight. I don't <laughs> care. It was delicious. But um, anyways, that w honestly, that waitress should have known I was alone. I scream independence. <laughs> Clearly. And that's what I think about that. You know, I think a lot of people miss out on shows and concerts because they're scared to go alone and their friends might not listen to um, the performer or anything. But I say go for it because, you know, it's not worth missing the, per the concert that you really, really want to go to if you're really that's, I don't know. I feel like going alone is really not that bad. And I've done it many, many times. And you kind of just do your own thing. It's a great time. No one else notices that you're there alone because they're right. just glad to be there. And there's exactly. always somebody else that is also alone. Yeah. And I, I always think to myself, there are so many people in this world that would love to be 22 years old and going to a concert that they're excited about by themselves. Like, so many people would kill to be in that situation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's like, you know, at the end... It's worse to regret not going than to like feel awkward and actually being at the concert alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's only awkward for like a minute, you guys. No right. one else cares and then you're that just, you're there alone. You're just dancing and singing along and you're living your best life. So it's worth it. Just enjoy it. Mm-hmm.
listen, thanks for tuning in for another episode. We have some really fun stuff planned. Uh, we've got a great guest next week. We're going to do some graduation season episodes. And we're really looking forward to it. Forward to it. So thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe to us. Please follow us on Twitter. We're here for you. We believe in you. Thanks, guys. Thank you.